0: From a crack. This is episode number 95, and our book is Dawn of Fire The Iron Kingdom by Nick Kime. It tells the story of the Indominus Crusade trying to pick up another Nighthouse as you do. We posted several questions on our website, wh40kbookclub.com, and we encourage participation in our conversations by encrypted vox channel, YouTube, or our site. Spoiler warning if you haven't yet read this book, Definitely check it out because we're going to be start discussing the book from start to finish in great detail.
1: With that, let's dive in.
0: Did you like the book?
1: I did. Until the fucking epilogue.
0: Whoa. Starting off spicy tonight. Yeah.
1: Everything was going fine. Like, I was like, I'm enjoying this presentation of how everything sucks. And, you know, the Imperium has their... Imperium sucks in this way and these night, this night planet also sucks in their own way. Just shows how nobody can win in this world. But then you had to go and bring the goddamn shards of Erebus into it because who asked for that? And I, you know, go on ahead and get your cups, people, because if I wasn't reading the Horus Heresy right now, I would have no idea what the big deal was with, with these shards. And people out there who've never read the Horus Heresy... And I mean, read the Horus Heresy so that they know about the, uh, the sword that Erebus stole, how he turned it into eight uh, ritual daggers called the Athames that he passed out to people. Unless you knew all that stuff, you're probably like, what the hell is this? And you should be, what the hell is this? Because it doesn't make sense. It's like the Chewbacca defense. It doesn't make sense. Don't give me really? this look, woman. You're just like, oh. No, what's really like funny about this. And like I, like, I just love this book and I don't know what she's saying. Yeah, you're full of shit.
0: No, what's funny about it is that I hate, to to quote Roger Ebert, I hated, hated, hated this book. Um, did I hate it? it is it as bad? I know the movie he's referring to in that. So is it as bad as that? Oh, um, No. Nothing was that bad. Um, but I did not like this book at all. I really hated it. And the really funny thing is, is I was just going to basically pull off like a men on sports or men on movies. Hated it. And um, you enjoyed the book and you just went like on a way more passionate rant than I was going to. Because. And I, because I, I didn't just, I didn't dislike this book. I hated this book.
1: The reason why um, this right passionate rant is because they're bringing in something that to me doesn't make any sense And I don't know why it's here, and nobody asked for it.
0: We are going to, so after we discuss the book in general, we're going to have a little bit of meta-commentary around the Dawn of Fire series in general, Um, and I'm definitely, that's going to be a talking point for me. Um, But I I agree with you in that I, I got to that point, and I was like, was there a person, and I mean this as an honest question, because if you've listened to this podcast, you should know I am always genuinely curious about this fandom. Were there people who were sitting around going, gee, what happened to the anathemes from uh, the Horus Heresy? Like, what did Erebus do with these? What happened to those shards? Were there people who were wondering about that? Because if you are, explain. From a curiosity, like a science, like, explain explain yourself. Um, Like, I I legitimately wonder if this was a thing and... uh, I have a really big complaint about them that I will save for my more meta commentary about the Dawn of Fire series in general. Um, That's why I had to give you that look, though, because I was like, wow, I hated this book. And you're like, way more passionate than I am.
1: If there wasn't that epilogue, I would have been like, yeah, this was actually a really enjoyable book. I really enjoyed its presentation of how it showed how much everything kind of sucks right now. And everyone's being pouty because everything sucks and it's not going their way. I totally get that.
0: Did we really need another book?
1: I will say, I didn't see the epilogue coming. So, I guess kudos for the surprise there.
0: You know, I can't even get behind that. Um, I can't even get behind that because I actually think that made me hate it a little even bit more. That I was like, whoa, that was out of left field. Um, This book, if I had to... I was trying to
1: say something nice
0: okay that's fair i'm about i'm gonna go like a way more into this again when we get into like talking about the dino fire in general but i felt like this whole book was squirrel like every time i would start to like begrudgingly start to get into somebody's story right like orla's right like we're getting into like all the stuff that's going on with orla and then squirrel Morgan, and i'm like oh hi god i forgot the black templars were a thing so then i'm reading through them and i'm like okay actually I'm a, maybe i'm a little intrigued about what's going on squirrel cash like whoa okay, yeah, all right, Keshe, I'm, okay, I'm actually, Keshe's story was the only one that I was emotionally involved into, which was really funny, because you and I have both gone on record saying how disappointed we were that Keshe lived at the end of Gate of Bones, because we were both kind of like, why though? And, um, we'll talk a lot about Keshe in a second, but it surprised me, and this was one of the parts that stood out to me, I actually loved all of Keshe's story, and I loved, um, the sister of silence's name just totally escaped me. I think me. it's
1: Sirenial, something like Sireneal.
0: that. Sirenial. Yes, thank you. Um, Serenial. I really liked her story. I, I liked her. I liked her story. I thought that was great. Um That was about it. Those are um those are really the only really positives, I have to say. Um, but I did really like those chapters and I didn't see that. But again, like I would be so emotionally invested th- in them and then Squirrel! Lyric! Why do I we're going to talk a lot about Larrick in a minute here. Larrack. Larrick. Larrick. Larock. Larrick. with Larry, we'll guys. Sorry. Um, I will talk more about him later, but I... Every time his chapters came up, his and Morrigan's chapters, every time they came up, I was like, why are we here? What are we doing with this? And I still feel that way.
1: Um, What part stood out to you? So the sad thing is, I was looking over at my notes, and... I didn't actually write down anything um, that stood out to me because when Orla throws her hissy fit, I immediately went further back into the book and made all these notes of the timeline, like where she's telling the council, we know that we're part of the Imperium, we know that this is going to happen. I am going to, you know, help the people so they can understand that this is going to happen and that they won't be afraid. And then, oh my God, my daughter decayed a little bit in six years of stasis and that's it. Show's over. I'm throwing a fit. And I was like, wait, hold on, what? Went back, started taking copious notes. So really the part that kind of like stood out to me according to like everything that I wrote down over here was how much she... So this week, I got to see The Critical Drinker for the first time. I've heard about him for a while. I've never seen anything before because um, Willow got canceled. It's not renewed for a second season. And so a friend of mine was like, well, maybe I was like, I know nothing about it. Like, what is it? So he sent me The Critical Drinker's analysis of it. And I'm laughing my butt off watching this. Because of a few things he said. And one of the things he said was, it stars strong female character whose only redeeming personality is that she's a strong female character. And that's kind of how I feel about what Orla is. She's a strong female character. And as a strong female character, the only thing she knows how to do is to throw a fit. And that has actually been one of my personal things. And I know one of Jen's personal things. Now they feel that strong female characters have to throw their weight around. Have to throw a fit over because something didn't go their way. Because that to me is not a strong female character. That's a petty bitch. There's a big difference between a bitch and a strong female Orla. character.
0: Let's go ahead and dive into Orla because I there's a lot to be said there, and I agree with you entirely. It actually reminded me of two things from The Song of Ice and Fire. And I'm going to reference The Song of Ice and Fire a lot in this podcast tonight, so I apologize in advance. But there is a scene, I think it's in the third book, Storm of Swords... Where one of Daenerys's advisors, she's basically like, "I'm so good at this. Like, I'm really awesome," and he's like, "Conquest, fighting is easy; ruling is hard." We saw that with Robert, right? That was basically Robert Baratheon's whole story was that winning the war was easy, being the king is hard. And I feel as though Orla was probably a very good military commander when she had, like, when her. Christy they talk about when the rift happens right they've got the green skins there they've got cultists they've got all sorts of stuff and like when you could point her at a clear enemy and she just needed to get a victory i'm sure she was great but when it actually comes to having to deal with the sticky situation of dealing with the imperium she falls apart and One of the things that I always talk about is the sex in the city school of feminism, which is when they were always just like, look at these strong female characters. And it was like, their sole personality traits are they like shoes and sex. Wow. Fucking feminism right there. Betty Friedan's so proud. Um, this is that same kind of sort of mentality of that. She is dictated entirely by her emotions. And she feels the need to constantly remind you that she is a ruler and she is a strong ruler. And just, Look, look, I'm not, I don't want to belittle her emotional stance because losing a child, horrible. And I have no doubt that she went through a second grief seeing her child. It's one thing to know that your daughter died off in another war Mm -hmm. and then, but to actually see her body after six years. Yeah, totally. But you know what? As they mentioned in this book, a custode's was left on that planet buried underneath rubble ignominiously, okay? Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of sons and daughters were just left on that planet. And if you remember Gate of Bones, that wasn't super cool. Um, Like, you, they just got left. Your daughter was transported back to you, held in a stasis field for six years because of your value to the Imperium. And you're just like... I can't believe they let her rot. I maybe dropped the C word multiple times reading this book. Just a spoiled, rich, privileged cunt. Like a laser through the through the air. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Well, I, uh... But, yeah. like, it's one of those things, like, I feel like they were trying to make her out to be a sympathetic, strong female character. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she was none of those things like as a woman was, and maybe women because we're like always hard, hard on one another. But I can't imagine even men sympathizing with her because every note that I took, so I'm trying to follow because I was just trying to follow her logic here. And so I took a lot of notes with like her decision she was making throughout the book. And she just kept saying like all these things that have happened to me. First of all, like, do you think some of these sounded... are your own fault Word. Um, like she was like, you know, oh look, have you noticed the ravages inflicted on our lands? You mean because you killed everybody? So the Marines malevolent were like, oh, it's on. What did you think was going to happen? Just that. Like
0: when she talks about like when she talks about like at the rift, right? When she's like, uh-huh. oh, you don't understand, like we had to fight off green skins. Katie is gone. Join the club, pumpkin. Like, you're not like, alone here. Katie is gone. The 500 worlds were invaded by Nurgle. Like, you're... To quote one of my favorite um, political commentators, Jimmy Dore, your pain is ordinary.
1: Compared to the rest of like, the Imperium, yeah. yeah and, like, and, and as
0: you said, like, oh, they stomped all over our lands!
1: As yeah, the all, imperial. You, you killed innocent people at dinner. Yeah. You and Unarmed this is the part that really people. bothers me.
0: <laughs> this is what really bothers me is that they kill a custodian. They kill a custodian.
1: And she was all like, they sent assassins my mist. They did. But then you started shit. So Here's they had the to
0: thing. act. You can't lure a bunch of people into a room, kill them, and then be like, "Oh, the assassins in there." I'm. I'm sorry. Did the assassin try to kill you after that? You launched a trap on them to kill them all,
1: like, and nobody anyway, moved, at all, like. I don't really think that Vykellum was going to kill her immediately. I feel like he was coming to the front like, whoa, 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 whoa. what are you doing? I feel doing? like he was going to be like, let's yeah. all calm down. Yeah, like, what? what is going on? What are you doing? Yeah, and Serenial didn't make the move until after Vykellum was dead.
0: Yeah. But I did like that it was only, like, one person, only one person around her was like, you killed a Custodes. Like, this is the Emperor's private guard. And then you're like... I just can't believe they're being so rude about all this. Mm -hmm, mm. And here's the other thing too. And maybe this is again, maybe this is just, this is unfair of me. And maybe you're right. Maybe we're just hypercritical women characters, but the second that Ekria was introduced, I was like, Oh, something's not right with this woman. The way she was talking and everything, like there were just certain comments and phrases she made. I was like, "Mm, this woman's not on the level. So
1: Ekria, I was like, okay, Ekria is definitely not notice that. Is definitely pushing you towards war. Like, she's giving yes. you really bad advice. And at first, like, she was like, we can't do that. You know, right. They we're part of the Imperium. Oh, you're you're right, my queen. Okay, I was like, well, maybe she's just one of those ones to fight for independence. Every right. world has them. All right. Totally. But I didn't really think anything was wrong until I noticed, like, where has she been? She's been kind of gone. And then, like, a, you know, a few chapters later, then Orla was like, where is Ecria? <laughs> course, yeah. And then the big question is, was she always demon-possessed? Or does something just happen?
0: We will talk more about that when we talk about Lyric, because their stories are now apparently intertwined. Yes. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I have to imagine yes, because she always presented to me is just off and now maybe it's because of you know the number of books we've been reading lately and like i'm always now looking for the character who's not on the level um but yeah this this person is clearly pushing you towards war and like i don't know i did not i think she was probably again i keep saying i'm like Orla was probably a great commander but commanders do not make good leaders
1: and i don't even know how good of a commander she was to be honest Really yeah, don't. you
0: don't really get to get, get told she's good, but we're never and shown. And the reason why
1: I say that is because even if you won this battle with the Imperium here, you haven't won the war. You're going to be annihilated.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Whereas before they were coming in under, you know, yes, they're going to come and take everything because oh, that's what the Imperium does. I don't know where you've been. But at least then they're going to work with you but when you start this battle, not only is everyone going to be killed, they're just going to take. Yes. They're not going to try to do the illusion of working with you. They're just going to take.
0: And that's, I think, the part that just, I I can't get behind her as a character, is that you doomed your entire planet. Your Everything I've
1: done is for my people. Like, I even wrote this thing where she's like, where she's weeping for the trespassing of her world, the culture and history forever lost. I'm like, that is all your fault. All all your your fault.
0: fault. Like, look, and I honestly believe this because we've seen this in other places. Assassinorum Kingmaker, much. You guys much like the Mechanicum, our allies, we are going to take from you, but you're still going to be a knightly world. Like, why all of a sudden you think the Rift fell? Like, you guys were allied with the Imperium before the Rift. So this is what, six, seven, eight years, maybe? Like, all of a sudden, the culture that you built up in eight years, this is not a company where culture just pops into existence, right? Because you bought some Nerf guns and a foosball table. Like, I, what, what? Like, all of a sudden now. And basically, you doomed your entire planet.
1: To servitude. Because you were
0: sad. Because you were sad. If she (laughs) Uh, um, would... As you said, like, strong female. Like, we're constantly told how strong this character is. But we are shown she is emotional and driven by emotion. And again, I'm not saying that, like, you can't grieve your kid. But as the ruler of a world... You can't really grieve your kid in that way, and you can't doom your entire planet
1: see and that and that is where I actually like really liked her brother because even yes. cause he was calling her out. he's like, yeah, you're, amazing. like you can't you're letting your grief rule this. And she's uh-huh. like, but they did this. He's like, but you chose to do this. This is a bad choice. We are not going to survive." And he was like the yeah. voice of reason.
0: Very much so. I loved his character. I thought he was such a good foil to her. And it, that really upset me. That we're presented with this character. Again, I do not, again, actions speak louder than words, right? And you can keep saying like, oh, she's such a strong character and she's just so amazing and look how strong she is. But if his intention was to show that that dichotomy between being a good commander and being a good ruler or thinking you're strong but not actually being strong like if that was if that was the intent 10 out of 10 but just from reading this book i do not get the impression that that was the intent no. i think we were supposed to find her very strong and admirable
1: and the one reason why i also believe that is because um uh... Because you know, we had the limited edition, there was an intro by Nick Kime where he talked about how Jessivain, her daughter, died heroically. And right there and then I was like, No, she did not. She died pig headedly. She we even discussed this in in our podcast with, with, with Gate of Bones. Like we're like, she didn't have to die. Like she brought about her, her own death. And so for the, so just for the fact that Nick Kime said she died heroically, obviously he and I have different ideas of what a strong female character is. And another problem that I have with strong female characters is the fact that they keep getting written that they're strong female characters. Everyone talks about how strong they are. You know what? That is like those couples on Facebook talk about how they have the best marriage and the best husband whatsoever. Are you trying to convince yourself or me? Because if you're trying to convince me, actions speak louder than words, which is why I would say that Kesh and Serenial are the true strong female characters. Ariadne is not a strong female character because, again, she was a bitch. And I remember I went to this um, uh, many years ago at some convention. I went to a fantasy authors panel. And I'll never forget at this panel, I had not read a single Wheel of Time book at this point. But all these women, because they were female, all of them were female authors. And they all talked about how one thing that they, that they said that it's really hard to write strong female characters in these books because you have to like, make them actually strong without being bitchy and this one woman said she's like my best friend is Robert Jordan and we get in fights all the time because he says he writes strong women and I said no they're bitchy and that probably clouded my view on Wheel of Time when I finally did read it I was like oh my god she's that woman was right these are not strong women they're bitchy and I and I know that it's hard and this was so many years ago Right. And I understand especially for for men and honestly probably in our current environment, society environment, I think it might be hard to write strong female characters because we get told that this is what they should be. And I think a lot of people get confused between actual strong women and bitches. And I have to say, if you've worked in corporate, you know the difference between a strong woman and a bitch. If you've ever had a female boss, you know exactly what I'm talking about because unfortunately female bosses fall in one or two camps. They're strong women or they're bitches. And it's... I mean, you can say something about about, about men. They're good bosses or they're just complete dicks. And it's just do some women, they feel like the only way they can be that strong woman to be taken seriously is to be a bitch. And that's... And that's- And that's how I see Orla. But unfortunately, I feel like Nick Kime thinks, this is what a strong woman is. A complete bitch.
0: It's oftentimes represented with strong female characters, air quotes around that, where if this same behavior was presented in a male character, we would call that character toxic. Toxic masculinity. So if Orla was Orlo... And was a man thinking nothing but of his own grief and his own stuff and his own sadness, and he was getting pissy and angry. They stomped all over my flowers. Would you be praising his strength, or would you be saying that he was a weak, fragile, toxic male? It's it, it it's that bitchiness concept of like, for some reason, and i i have worked I have worked with women like this my whole career, where you find these some women who are just like, oh, I need to be an asshole. And I need to intend and I know that they're being assholes. They, they know that they are being, but that's because that they're like, well, that's what a strong person does. And no, it isn't. Again, I want you to ask, if we if we change this character's sex, how do you feel about this character? If this is a dude now. If that changes your opinion on the character, probably not a strong female, after all. Right. Um and, you know it's so hard because i there's really not a lot of very strong mother characters who've been presented to us right you have ellen ripley who's really more of a surrogate mother and she's perfect she's awesome but like you have her you have mrs brisby
1: what about from what, uh well for or him or 40k what about the mother in um oh my god eduardo albert's carceraden's book remember what it was called right now but was
0: very much uh she was silent hunter she was very much the mrs brisbee school of strong females i will actually say right now another very strong mother character that we represented who is a very good direct contrast to this is the mother from Assassin's arm kingmaker if you recall the one who actually is, is totally siding over to chaos that woman is take no She's not an asshole. She's not a bitch. She's just very strong. She's confident. She does not need to remind people how strong and confident she is. That's the other thing is that, again, another George R.R. R. Martin quote, but the king who needs to remind everyone he's king is no king. If you constantly have to remind people that you are the queen and leader of this world.
1: Which I think actually was one of his brilliant points he was making with Cersei.
0: Exactly. if it, She reminds me so much more of Cersei than she does of, say, um, i trying to think of another a good example from that world who I really do like. Um, Brienne of Tarth. Probably a great mm. example right there. Compare her to Brienne. Hell, even compare her to Catelyn uh, Stark. I was going to say Catelyn, yeah. Catelyn, same, same, right? Um, it, it, it was just a little frustrating for her. But... So let's let's talk about two of the other female characters that we had in here. Let's talk about Cash. Because I know you and I both went into this book with somewhat strong opinions on Cash. She's returned! <laughs> what? First off, what's going on with Cash? Is she domino? How's is she I was just, just say, super Other funny? than the
1: fact that luck is her mutant power? I mean.
0: Is she a saint?
1: Is I she marked? I think she's a saint. But I almost wonder if she's somehow a psyker, like a light touch psyker, kind of like almost in a way, um, Caiaphas Cain, because he would talk about his palms itching. You know, that, but she, hers, like comes in luck. Like a knight has its gun leveled at her. She's like, I am going to die. And it misfires and it jams. I mean. <laughs> You know, um, Serenial can't get in to that Vox room, and she's just like, you do it. (laughs) One hit, the glass shatters.
0: Yep.
1: And it's not like
0: Serenial was not a a strong woman. (laughs) Right. Right. Now, is it possible that she loosened the glass for Cassia? Totally. But. Well, yes. I went into this book. Very skeptical about her. And you know what, though? She is a character who is an unbelievably strong female character. Because she... One of the things that I always say is that... Um, or one of my favorite quotes that I I heard years ago, and I always use it a lot, is that, right, courage is not not being afraid. So, like, whenever people talk about how brave the space marines are. No, they're not. They don't feel fear. They're not brave. Courage and bravery is being afraid, but doing the thing anyways. Mm-hmm. Kesha's confidence inside she has all sorts of doubts and questions right like oh my god like what am i doing why am i still here like this doesn't make any sense i I don't really know if i'm making the right decisions and yet she's still hey we got to do this i need to do this i have questions she's not afraid to admit her weakness either she's a totally like i'm messed up right now (laughs) like Mm -hmm. when she and serenial are running she can also stop serenial and be like you are giving us away right now because you're bleeding everywhere right and serenial same, same. She can sit there and be like, yeah, you're right. I need to think about other humans for a minute, and then we can keep on going.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Very, very dynamic duo. 100% invested in their story.
1: I was really happy. Love Cash. I know I said I was disappointed that Kesh lived in Bones, but I was very happy that Serenial survived.
0: And I was very excited that Kesh survived this book, too. I'm actually, this is and we'll talk again more about this when we talk about the Dawn of Fire series in general. Um, the concept of her potentially maybe being a saint or somehow being marked. I'm here for it. Mm. I really liked, I really liked the way he wrote her. I was devastated when Viablo died because I just want Cash to have a friend. Like when she kind of was starting to get like, you know, like, oh, hey, he's kind of funny and I can laugh with him and wanted her to have a friend because when Devorgan died, I was a little crushed for her.
1: Oh, I was I was very crushed for her when Devorgan died. This woman has had
0: a lot thrown at her. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. and isn't trying to doom an entire planet because her pain is ordinary in the Warhammer 40k universe. Right? Did I mention her pain is ordinary? Uh, uh, once or I'll twice. let that one go. I'll I'll let that one go eventually. Um. Really, really liked her. Um, I hope she shows up in other books.
1: She might. You said that she's shipping out, so... That's true. I went somewhere else in the Indominus Crusade.
0: I also love her litany. I'm a Daughter of Darkness, I Fear No Shadow. So good. Let's talk about
1: Ariadne. Do I have to?
0: Ariadne has a lot of opinions um what did you make of her philosophy
1: you know the thing that makes me the saddest about ariadne is that her name is probably my favorite name in all of greek literature yeah and the bitch ruined it (laughs) yeah i don't even know what her philosophy is you know what aside from complaining that everybody wants to have sex with her all the time
0: calm the fuck down girl yeah, and like, like oh,
1: okay seriously and that's that's
0: another thing that like this is this was there was a scene where she's sitting there and she's staring at useless and she's just like Ugh, he's so brutish and blah 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 and look how he's doing this and look how ridiculous he is oh he's so petty says the woman obsessing about everything that he's doing
1: mm-hmm. pot kettle. Um, also your really petty mouth is what got you sent down to this planet in the first place. Yeah. Like I
0: um I also and you know what? You are in, you're on a bridge with an Imperial naval commander, a Custodes, a bunch of other commanders from other ships. Like this is a huge gathering. And you thought that that was the part to place to bring up your petty ass what why does he get to go when I don't? Y- you thought that that was the pr- professionalism. Learn
1: it. That's probably like the one thing I liked in, in any situation was when she was in that, you know, makeshift prison and the gangbangers were all calling her a bean counter. It's like, he- <laughs> <laughs> that's really what you are. Pretty
0: which, um, God, I needed so much of that stuff, too. Um, the thing about her, it, and this isn't, this is just in general, this is a general, more overall Warhammer 40k commentary. I'm getting a little sick of the hand-wringing about, war is pointless, and the Imperium just destroys everything.
1: Yes, are that's we, what it does. Are you new here? It's been doing this since before the Horace Harris.
0: Yes, this is this is the nature of it. Like, n- yes, we know. We've got I mean, the point here. When, Your option.
1: When they landed in Caliban oh, all those many years ago to claim the lion, and they brought in their technology, and everyone was bemoaning, you're moving down our forests and putting these factories in the pollution. They've been doing this for 10,000 years. <laughs> They're not going to stop now Are because you you're just now realizing cancer? that they take...
0: And, like, when she's sitting there and she's just like, war is pointless. Pumpkin, you were born into the wrong century. The wrong millennium. Because that's all it is. In the grim, dark future, there is only war. Because, just as a little reminder here, is the Imperium a brutal fascist dictatorship that chews things up and spits them out? Yes. 100%. But your option is that... Or the same, but with the joy of mutation and murder, and being turned into a flesh chair, or tortured for all of human history, or having your soul score uh, scattered across the warp, or like just be the blood
1: sacrifice of the day. You
0: know, them's them's the options. W- what'll it be? Like, is the, is the, the whole point of Warhammer Forty K is that it's death by hanging or death by firing squad? Right. Which would you prefer? <laughs> Um, it is the vomit milkshake or shit sandwich. And that's part of what makes it fun, right? right. Like so, whenever these characters pop up and war is just so pointless. We could have done all of this peacefully.
1: Are you new here? You know, and the thing is when she was saying that, she's like, you know, we could have done this so peacefully. I was like, Okay, hun Y'all were doing it peacefully. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe, arguably, a little rudely. I mean, and a little crudely. Maybe bringing the marines, malevolent, along with you is not the best idea. I mean, I don't know why you the guys angry. like. I don't know why you guys brought them to a world that you're claiming and you know peacefully to be part of this. You need okay. Already is Black Templars, but you need a little more. You need some
0: more storm reapers, maybe. Maybe storm Less reapers. Marine no-
1: Nova Marines, you know, little calming. Imperial A little calming f- Imperial fists, Imperial fists would be great, you know, because they understand right. about you know about building the readouts and the sieges and all of that. They would be totally accommodating uh-huh. for that. Marines, malevolent. I mean, that's they're bringing literal bulls into China shops here
0: like when Reynard basically is thinking and he's like yeah it's kind of weird that they are bolstering the marines malevolent with primaris marines I actually had the same thought now again there's a time and a place for everything obviously everybody serves a purpose and has their role to play in the imperium but the marines malevolent I mean these guys are kind of on par with the flesh terrors in turn in terms of we don't play well with humans no
1: these are the guys that you send out to go reclaim worlds from chaos and just be like, go have fun. I like,
0: having them on reserve because you're showing up on this planet, you don't really know what's going on. Like, they've been stuck behind the rift. Maybe just to have them kind of as a threat, like, on backhand, on the back burner. I totally get all of that.
1: But don't totally, send but them down to the planet.
0: Do not. And especially not with... The Storm Reapers, who are already down there. Like, you just needed to send in more Storm Reapers.
1: And the Storm Reapers like, be cool, guys. Like, just be cool, be nice.
0: Pretty much. But let me ask you this question about Ariadne. What? What purpose did her story serve the narrative? None. Other than hand-wringing about how awful the Imperium is?
1: And how everyone wants to have sex with her? Yeah. None. Yeah,
0: the arrogance on her um, you was could have, here's the
1: thing. You could have taken out all of her chapters, even Usulus, all of those chapters, and nothing. The, probably the only point where she did something was when they had that confrontation with that farmer. Mm-hmm. And she got him to calm down. And then, of course, the sovereigns showed up and they were like, ah, see, the queen is not on your side, you know, and then they had a firefight. But that was it. And that could have been, honestly, anybody. <laughs> so
0: it could have just been like some random or some rando.
1: Yeah.
0: And she... you bring up a good point there. Again, with the timeline, mm-hmm. this could have been done peacefully. The sovereigns were being sent in by the queen. The queen had already orchestrated this entire thing for the delegation. So you can sit there and you can wring your hands about, oh, it's so awful, it's going to be so peacefully. No. No, the timeline says otherwise. Things were already in movement here.
1: Also, and there was kind of some civil unrest going on that the queen didn't really mention.
0: What's yeah, going on? that was a little weird, wasn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: I forgot that part. Um... One of the things, again, going back to something that you just said, I'm um, again, showing me and not tell, or telling me but not showing me, is they keep talking about how, as you said, oh, this guy is just constantly coming on to me, and oh, all he wants to do is sexually harass me. Well, I haven't seen it yet. He's an asshole. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that, right? Mm. Definitely an asshole.
1: Very smug. definitely,
0: very smug. Definitely a couple power play moves there, right? I'm not going to argue that, but. It didn't feel like sexual harassment, per se. And her constantly just, oh, he just wants me so badly. Which one of you is the petty dick that we're not supposed to like? Just curiosity. You're telling me this. You are not showing me this. And like when he's kind of blubbering and falling apart in the prison and she's just like, oh, he's just so useless. And he's going to get us all killed. Not really seeing it. I mean, I'm seeing him fall apart, yes, but... But
1: there was nobody even in the prison. They just kind of put them there and just left. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I don't know what the point of her was. They have them in there so that they can
1: bring bring a newspaper with the date on it and show it to the ships. See? They're here. We're feeding them. (laughs) Pretty
0: much. Pretty much. (laughs) I really liked Ogan as a character. I thought he was great. I thought he deserved oh, he a better sidekick. he was my favorite sidekick. character. He deserved a better
1: sidekick uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I didn't even understand I, his attachment to her. It was so, I ran- did so random.
0: It did feel very random. And I felt like it needed a better... Because, again, this person's not even nice. Hmm. Like... She's not presented as being a like a nice character where he would be like, oh yeah, I'm attracted. Like, I I I'm drawn to her because she's very friendly. She's not funny, so he can't be like, you amuse me, right? She's not some badass where he's like, oh, you're useful in combat. Like, I didn't see. She's very good at beam counting. Is, is that impressive to Space Marines? Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe the storm reapers are really super into organization and project management
1: yeah i doubt it they're i'm from, gonna go ahead and doubt it too they're from the white scars <laughs> i really doubt it
0: i'm gonna go ahead and really doubt it too actually <laughs> um
1: so
0: okay and then <laughs> squirrel throughout the book morrigan and herrick they'll have a con- cat cotton mouse constant thread um did you let's stop right there for a sec. And were you invested in that?
1: No. Chase? Didn't, didn't care. you like either of them? Didn't care.
0: I I didn't really I care either. I and... was very
1: confused by the Black Templars. You got the Imperial fleet there and what are you guys doing? Like don't you think maybe you should have been down there like helping smooth the transition because perhaps if you guys were there you would have stopped some of this nonsense. Instead, you came down and was like, don't do this or else and left. Okay. Well, and I
0: mean, I liked that in the end, Morgan ended up sending guys down there because they find out that they killed the whole Imperial delegation. And I actually did like his talk to her when he showed up and he's like, "Mm -hmm. you are Imperial. Like, these are not invaders.
1: Yeah, but she'd already killed the whole Imperial de- delegation by then.
0: Which she didn't know at that point. But, like, I did like his talk basically being like, we're not swooping in here to save you because you're Imperial. They're not invaders. This is not the Red Corsairs. Mm-hmm. And I did like the idea, actually, that was the only thing I liked from them when they were like, look, we have made an oath to them. We've made an oath to the Imperium. But you know what? our oath Bone Star brotherhood is way more important and we're not going to be breaking oaths between you two fucking people um until they discover that she killed the custodes and the delegation and then oh okay now we have to go down there and crack some skulls um well,
1: because after they finish their thing
0: Right, exactly. Um, I did like that. I did like though that she the whole because I was kind of worried as as we were getting closer to it. I was like, no, please tell me they're not going to have the Black Templars come in and be like, you guys need to be nicer. No, the Black Templars like we don't. We don't have time for this petty bullshit. Figure figure it out yourself. I liked that. I thought that was very good actually.
1: I did um, like that especially because you could tell she was surprised by it. She's like but your oaths are, are to me. It's like uh, no bitch. Our oaths first and foremost are to the Imperium. But right now we got other problems. So don't do it or else. And then they left. I was like oh, okay. Sure. But I
0: did like when she was like turns out they don't have any honor. So, really?
1: Says the woman who killed a whole bunch of people unawares.
0: Yes. Sitting down at Doug. Again, the amount of privilege on display here was impressive. Just with her. But you, you promised me, like, I'm sorry. Who do you think you, again, who do you think you are? You are the ruler of, yes, you have a very valuable resource with the night houses. We're not going to d- deny that. But at the end of the day, you're just a queen that we can depose. Mm-hmm. On a backwater planet, more or less.
1: like That we've made without for this You can retain your culture and work with us. Or we come and stamp it all out and put a figurehead in place and just take it. Oh, they're taking all our stuff. It's your fault.
0: Well, but it's not your stuff.
1: And at the either. end, you know, Ariadne, when she was all like, you know, they'll say they're going to keep the culture, but we know that's not real. Um, Bitch. It would have been. But they decided to throw a temper tantrum and kill a whole bunch of innocent people. So, and again, they lost. They, They forfeited their rights to keeping their culture, whatever that is.
0: And I still don't believe. Again, you guys were part of the Imperium before the rift fell this culture has been going around. You've already said in this book, they established that this is like the centuries old culture. So how is that getting stamped out now post Rift? Like when she, the first time she mentions the culture thing, it's not until like the halfway point of the book when right. Orla mentions it. And I'm like, where the hell did that come from? Now suddenly I, again, you guys had the Imperials on your soil before the rift opened up, so what's changing? Oh right, sorry. She's sad. Right. So, we have to do. I, and Herrick, I just didn't really care about Herrick the whole time, like, he was n- not that interesting of a foil or antagonist to me.
1: He was just kind of there.
0: He really was. Like, he showed, it. I'm like, oh, he's gonna cut off a bunch of heads and then leave. He. Had a head fetish. Like this book actually with the amount of heads that got cut off reminded me of Tarantino and Feet. Like when we watched the um Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when we watched that. There were a few scenes in that movie where I was like, this is gratuitous even for Tarantino. The feet thing. This was like that. Was head choppery.
1: Actually, it made me think of um three hundred.
0: Oh, yeah, that works too. Lots
1: yeah, that's of, a lot of- Lots of heads flying in that movie.
0: Lots of head Mm choppery. But yeah, I wasn't really invested in him. I didn't really... Him and his little BFF demon sword hunter boy. um, I didn't really care. Like, they showed up. Every time they showed up, I was like, oh, right. Yeah, they're a thing. Squirrel. Right. That's how it always felt. So, but speaking of squirrels and Herrick, we now have to talk about Larrick. And oh, what what did you make of that whole subplot with the Knights of Hearn? And so Aldicorn? as
1: soon as he talked about having that priest there mm-hmm. and then doing that ritual, I was immediately like, this feels like Moloch all over again. With, again, another horse heresy reference, but because they also had their hidden priests with their rituals would ended up being demonic who knew um
0: well there's eight of you and you're drinking blood gee I wonder if Hearn rhymes with Karn
1: or I mean it's just it's one of those like you yes I'll do anything to get back into power but I didn't realize like that was involved (laughs) I think it's like it uh it's I don't it know it's just like, it's just didn't care it's a uh it's a story plot that I see often in in Warhammer uh they'll you know they find these random priests like oh yes it is part of the em- imperium you know for the emperor and all that and like yes totally did you know the emperor was also a sneak? You know, it just
0: <laughs> and and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this point up again here in a few minutes, but we've seen this before. We've seen the night houses that are having trouble keeping their houses in order. Um, we've seen this plot device before, and quite frankly, and I know you and I were talking about this before the podcast. It reminded me a little bit of Spider Man Three, where I'm like, I don't care about the hobgoblin he was the hobgoblin of this book like pick a lane make it herrick make it the imperium itself slash orla like what even who even cares about this and i will say when so when the priest like we all we knew that the priest was definitely not on the level Mm -hmm. right when the priest is revealed to actually be Ekria as well and then also up on herrick's ship and then lyric is up there and they're like hey great we got knights Is that where this was going? I mean, to your point, I didn't see that coming. I just kind of thought they were going to
1: die or something. Well, I mean, I thought Lyric, he was pretty happy that the queen died. He was like, yep, I'm going to roast alive here in my night. But that's cool because she's dead. And like one thing I'll give props to Lyric for was that he didn't want to rule. That was not his point. He was just like, but she's a tyrant. And... um. And yeah, and the king's ward did betray him and his family. Left him out there to die. And they're like, "Oh, you're a sundered house because you let you were going to let us all die and we refused to die when you could have come and helped us." Oh, It like I was I felt sorry for Lyric. And I will say, but because he didn't want to be a ruler, he's like, I don't care who rules. So he, like, he even talked about how he liked Garrett. And he was sad when he saw Garrett was in the, uh, the funeral garden when he decided to pop over for a quick visit. He's like, oh, crap, I didn't mean to hurt him because I like him. Um, like, I thought he was a very likable, you know, villain guy. I... And even when he went and did attacks on the village... He didn't destroy anything. He just did stuff to get people out in the open and try to bring that king's board out so he could finally kill him. He wasn't out to burn farms or anything. He understood the importance and he understood that the people had nothing to do with this. hmm For a villain, I had much more sympathy for him than I did for her.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree. I actually thought he seemed like a very reasonable character. He just got duped. because. Oh, yeah. What does chaos love if not a wounded person? I mean, who can bring them a resource?
1: Well, you know, when it kind of got revealed about who the priest was and he was just like, oh my God, I never would have done this. All I could think of was vanity. It's my favorite sin from the end of uh, Devil's Advocate.
0: Yep. Just, yeah. It just, yeah, like, again, I but again, like as much as I like, okay, he's somewhat interesting, he always felt very shoehorned into the narrative. In fact, he was the first his story was the first where I was like, Squirrel, because Yeah. It just like popped up and you were like, Oh right. Forgot. Um and then yeah, when he shows up on the end of that ship. That was a really elaborate deception just to get a knight house to join you.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I could totally see that happening, though, with with the red, you know, the red Corsairs playing many different games. You know, that priest was always kind of a part of it. That's why they were just kind of hanging out. Yes, part of it was to lure the Black Templars to get that sword. Yeah. Part of it was, we like those toys. And that may be what the priest even offered them, you know, in order to get their help. Or whatever.
0: Could have been. Totally. Okay. Let's get a little meta here, because there's a lot to talk about. We're on book five of the Dawn of Fire series, right? I think it's supposed to be ten. Yes. What is your overall opinion of the story so far, and how does this book contribute to the Indominus Crusade out of these? Yeah, this one in particular.
1: My overall opinion of Dawn of Fire is that <laughs> we should have stuck to the original plan with Dark Imperium and just been like, yes, there was Indominus Crusade. We did all this. Now we're moving on. It's been 100 years. It's cool. Um, I feel like this is a lot of, you know, we've already talked about uh, George R. R. Martin. A lot of this feels kind of like that because if you don't know, The Song of Ice and Fire is supposed to be three books. And then it became five. And then he said it was going to be seven. Well, we've only had five books and no idea when six or seven or whatever is going to come out. But his original plan was after the end of Storm of Swords, because Storm of Swords, we got drawn out. But after the Storm of Swords, it was supposed to be five years later. Uh-huh. And pick things up. And then he decided, oh, I need to fill in what happened in those five years. No, no, you really didn't. Um, It's like a Feast for Crows. Like, actually, I I read Feast for Crows and I was like, okay, I feel like there's a lot of meandering here and a lot of extra storylines we really didn't need. And then I couldn't even read uh, A Dance with Dragons. That's really how I'm feeling here with Dawn of Fire, is that we didn't need this. This feels like uh, this feels like filler episodes in an anime to be totally honest um and it feels just as rudderless as filler episodes in anime
0: i i i, I agree entirely going back to the song of ice and fire the smartest thing that george r. r r martin did with the song of ice and fire especially in those first 3 books he never fully details robert's rebellion no and the reason he doesn't do that is because it is an endless well from which he can constantly do you need an antagonist do you need an ally do you need a plot twist do you need a conflict it is the ultimate plot device because he can just like two characters can be sitting around and be like oh do you remember what house johnson did during robert's rebellion right and everyone goes oh yeah i do remember and we're like oh <laughs> something went down <laughs> this was perfect for the Indominus Crusade." Because they could be sitting in the Dark Imperium years and then all of a sudden be like, oh, remember what happens when the Space Wolves met the Primaris, right? And everyone goes, yeah, yeah, I remember that. You can go back to that endless reservoir. You can go back and show a story there. You can throw in some exposition, but now, unfortunately, you're showing it to us. And as you said, it is meandering and it feels like filler. And my biggest problem with these books is they need to figure out what it's about. First off, do you remember when the Indominus Crusade? My chartreuse is over there somewhere. Do you remember when the Indominus Crusade was going to be about the Necrons? Yep. Yep. Yeah, Pepper Farms remembers. That got dropped. So, here's my biggest problem with this piggybacking off what you said about filler episodes in anime. Is this series about Reboot coming back and having to navigate the treacherous waters of imperial politics?
1: Because that's what the first book was.
0: But that's already been done. And it's been done better. We've seen it in the Watchers of the Throne series. We saw it in the Vaults of Terra series. We saw it in Assassin's Arm Kingmaker. Like, all of these books are kind of touching on it in much better ways. Okay. Is it about the reaction to the Primaris and all of the new technology?
1: Well, okay, Wolf Time well, like- was.
0: We've already seen that though, and we've seen it done better in places. We saw it in Belisarius Call the Great Work. We saw it in War of Secrets. Apocalypse. We've seen it in Apocalypse. We have seen it Shroud of Night.
1: Mm, the, it, yeah.
0: It's peppered in throughout so much better. Okay. Is this book about this over or is this series about this overarching plot to get a magical MacGuffin that was the corrupt Cardinal Bucharest's ring and make a super weapon? I mean, that one book was, and then we kind of went back to it and referenced it here. We referenced it a little bit in Throne of Light. But it's so, these books are so scattered and all over the place and trying to tell so many stories that it's like, I guess it kind of is. And look, if you were really invested in that Cardinal Bucharest's Ring story, you read about it in Gate of Bones, then you had to wait for Throne of Light to pick up the threads. And let's pretend that you were really invested in Cash as a character. Three books. Later. Mm -hmm. Okay, is this book about Abaddon's workings of trying to like plot and collect magical items like their Pokemon? I guess. Like that just gets the shards of Erebus, as you said, that just gets mentioned here. And again, if somebody out there was like, no, I really do want to know what Erebus is up to and where those shards are, please let me know. I'm all ears to hear why that is so compelling. I really am. I'm probably missing something here.
1: It's really funny that Erebus like, doesn't care. He passed him out like candy and was like, have fun.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like, why is Abaddon so keen on collecting all of these? I'm sure there's
1: a reason. I bet he's but not. You have, I bet it's, you K- have, it's KP. KP wants them.
0: That could be. But remember, Abaddon appears and is like, gather yeah, the rest.
1: Because KP's has barking in his ear like the way Erebus did and uh, with Horus.
0: Yeah, probably. Um,
1: okay. I
0: I just, I feel like, pick a lane. And all of these books, Throne of Light was just as guilty of this. Um, the first, the Dawn of Fire book was guilty of
1: this. Avenging Sun. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
0: That one was guilty of it. This one is. And as much as I hated Wolf Time, I will at least give Wolf Time credit that it told one story.
1: It did. It had one idea it
0: how everything put together. If this book, if it would have just been Orla's story, Kesha's story, and I'm gonna go ahead and stop right there. If it had been Orla's and Kesha's story, then that would have made sense, because all of the stuff with Artemis made sense, all of the stuff with Kesha made sense, and all of Orla's stuff made sense as an inner working plot, right? Ariadne felt out of left field. Again, you could have removed those parts and not changed the book at all. You could have removed all of the Morgan and Herrick stuff. You could have removed the Larrick stuff. But then
1: at that point, no, you can't you can't remove the Lyric stuff. I don't know. No, I I... (sighs) No, no, I think that was all very important because it was showing a lot of the civil the um, how unstable the planet was, no matter what it was saying. And he's the one who killed her in the end. So I think that was all very important.
0: Uh, fair i guess um, oh the architect that they that they drag up oh this the nuclear
1: bo- weapons <laughs> Woohoo!
0: atomics is it like is is that what we're like is it just to remind us that the imperium is dark and full of terrors we got that message guys um I just don't understand the point of this series. And I'm with you. I feel like every book we read, I'm like... The like Gate of Bones was the only book that I actually really enjoyed in this series. And I remember yes. us kind of thinking, like, oh, maybe it was a slow start, but this is yeah. really good. I love and then Gate the of Bones. Happened, yeah. Which, my new favorite summary. Thank you, Ross. Uh, for the wolf time is somebody walked home and perspectives were changed. Um, and then Throne of Light? Like, these... It, they're very milk toast, and they're, and it's because they're all over the board for me.
1: <clears throat> like, I remember, and I was like making my notes prepping for, for tonight. And I was all, <laughs> for this, You can't see, Jen just did ultimate pout face. Um, and I was like, man, this was like the Spider-Man three of books. And then I was like, wait a second. I think we said that about Throne of Light too, and I pulled up my notes, and sure enough, we said that about Throne of Light. So, first of all, there never should have been one Spider-Man three, like not even the movie. But there shouldn't have there shouldn't have been one Spider-Man three version of a book, much less two. Like, I don't know where, like we've said repeatedly now, we don't know where this the series is going. But by golly, we gotta figure this out in the last five books, because
0: you pick a plot thread, so...
1: Because at least the Horus Heresy, as long as that series is, at least there's a common thread. There is that ever, there's that civil war all going, all going on. So at least there's got that link. I don't even... So... What was established in Dark Imperium was that the Indominus Crusade was a way to try to find a way to shrink the rift. Is that what they're doing anymore? Is that what's going on? I don't even know what they're doing here i think i
0: figured it out so i had this epiphany as i was sitting at an ice arena for three hours today Hmm. uh i live a glamorous life guys uh i had this epiphany where all of a sudden i kind of figured i can't figure out where they're going with it but i figured out two things one horus rising is often looked at as a shining beacon in all of the Black Library's catalog, right? And one of the reasons that people like Horace Rising so much is that there's a lot going on in Horace Rising. He throws out all kinds of little plot threads that could get picked up, right? Well, that ain't working here. Because either the plot threads you're throwing out have already been covered in other books, or they're just not very interesting. But then I did figure out what the overarching theme here is. Oh. And I don't know where they're going with it. It is the imperial religion. So bear with me for a second. If you think about on Githalamore, right? We're looking for a cardinal's ring, a corrupt cardinal's ring. Now we know that the age of apostasy was a very bad time for the Imperium, right? And you had a lot of people like Cardinal Bucharest who were rising up under the guise of the imperial religion to try and do some bad stuff, okay? All right, that's kind of fair.
1: What? Nobody's ever done that in religion before. What?
0: Uh... So you have that piece of it, right? You have, in this book, you have Kesh and this concept that maybe she really is a saint. Like something very magical and, imper- and emperor-driven is going on with this. Throne of Light, obviously, that whole book is dealing a lot with the concept of the throne and this pe- this person being entombed in there. And if you remember, what is Korifarin looking for in this Throne of Light? The star child which is rumored to be the soul of the emperor which that's kind of a big thing for the religion thing the next book is something about martyrs there's this constant thread now the only outlier to this book is of course the wolf time which at this point feels like a weird crossover episode like tell me i'm wrong whenever you're reading and if anybody ever read dc or marvel comics you will know what i'm talking about where you're like in the middle of like a plot through an arc and you're like this is so good this is so good and you rush out to get the next issue and you're like why the fuck is the flash in this issue what is the flash talking about right what what did you
1: miss and then you the look crossover at the- episode and then you look at the cover and it's like arc three of five you're like i have to buy two other random comics but I was on the other story.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a crossover episode, but that that book just doesn't fit into this plot at all, really. Um,
1: just this, just for the, that, I may like it even more.
0: <laughs> there's a little bit that there's a, there's an undercurrent of the religion and the state. I almost feel as though this book series, the Dawn of Fire series, is more starting to wrestle with the concept of the emperor's divinity. And all of the people who surround himself under that guise of it, right? Think about how many times the sisters come up in all this. Right. Think about how right. many times the Black Templars come up in here.
1: Okay. Thank, Thank you for God. coming to my TED Talk. Let's say you're right. Fair. Okay, let's...
0: Let, let's go down this particular yeah. thought experiment.
1: Um, They're doing a really fucking horrible job telling that. We
0: are... Sp- I see tonight. I'm going to blame daylight savings time. So many F-bombs.
1: But no, yes, not, I agree. We're not monetized on, on YouTube yet anyway. So
0: Fair. No, I totally agree with you on that. Like, that's a fair assessment. I Just because I said I figured out what they're doing didn't mean that I thought it was good. Right. I just kind of figured it out. I mean, um,
1: I'll, I'll put it this way. If there is, and overarching thread that's connecting all this they're doing a horribly fucking horrible fucking job showing explaining whatever what it is
0: yeah in fact i actually have to go to because
1: right now it feels like spaghetti on the wall i feel as though and this is so this is
0: why I was having this, like, this epiphany today, was that I was thinking about Horace Rising oh and I was like,
1: oh. my god, this feels like DC Comics.
0: Did I mention that the comic uh, analogy holds up?
1: No, just as soon as I said spaghetti on the walls, it's like, aren't I reading something else like that? Ah, oh, crap. Yeah, DC I was Comics. right.
0: It's the Martyr's Tomb is the next one. The Martyr's Tomb, which is going to feature-
1: oh god. Is that tomb going to have a magical item?
0: I don't know, but if it has a raider, I'll be really happy. Um, They have, I mean, the Templars and the Sisters are on the cover. The two most religious devout groups. Like, this is definitely becoming something like that. And I totally agree with you, but I, I think that I feel like this is the most meandering. Because again, just look at this on the surface, all right? The first book is all about Bob getting the Primaris, right? And then, like, Guy Haley put in all these little plot threads with what is going on with, uh, I can't even think of his name right now, is it Primus? The guy who's, like, clearly oh, yeah, a, yeah. an amalgam of all of the, yeah, yeah, that guy, the chimeric guy. Like, clearly not very good. There's a whole bunch of he seeds in that. And then the second book is about gathalamore where they're going after to find this ring and you're like oh okay abrupt shift but interesting okay then the third book is about the space wolves okay then the fourth book kind of goes and picks up after gathalamore but also has a bunch of other stuff going on it and then this book kind of picks up after gathalamore but also kind of picks up after the first book so it's almost as if this book is trying to be like okay I'm i'm trying to link it all together maybe Bless his heart for trying. <laughs>
1: Bless you. And, and, and if that is what he was trying to do, that explains why it's such a mess. There's so many plot threads. There's so many plots yeah. just going on. I mean, and that... That may 100% be the case, but... I'm losing... I'm You know, I'm already dealing with one meandering series. And I know I've put that upon myself for reading that whole thing, but I'm beginning to feel duped with the Dawn of Fire series.
0: Very much so, and look, stylistically, are these pretty? Oh my god, yes. I actually, I love, I love the details, I love that every book has like the little sigils down here for whoever's like really taking front and center, which is weird that the Black Templars, but whatever. Um. They look nice. They feel nice. They're very pretty. I like them. Obviously, I want to continue to support Black Library. And because I started this, t- this damn series in limited edition, I got to finish it out. Um, but I'm with you. I feel completely like I thought this was going to go back and explain the Indominus Crusade. And it feels...
1: It feels like I'm not marvelous. even... It's not even part of the Indominus Crusade. feels like this is all like the prep for the Crusade very much
0: so it kind of feels like the foreplay and i almost feel like the indominus crusade is happening out on the wings of it and like they'll kind of mentions because it keeps saying this like you're going over ideas we've already seen we already saw in watchers of the throne 2 electric boogaloo we saw him dealing with the imperials and dealing with the politics done better quite frankly mm-hmm. um Assassinorum kingmaker we saw that the night if, if his point was to show like you know the night houses are really a weird faction and they have their own thing going on yeah we already saw it
1: Sainted. Well, it also um they were weird back in the horus heresy so i don't know why people would think that it got any better in ten thousand years yeah
0: like it's it, kind of like the mechanicus too right like you know the mechanicus is kind of weird and does its own thing yes they always have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is not news. It's it, it's a very weird series, and I don't I, I don't feel as though, like, was there an original thought and then it got thrown away? Like, um, one of my and I know I've referenced this before, but one of my favorite. If you ever want something kind of funny on the internet, it's a it, this is from like the early aughts. There was an Ask a Ninja guy, and he did a movie review for Pirates of the Caribbean Two: Dead Man's Chest. And it's absolutely hilarious. But one of the things he mentions in there is he's just like, well, I think that like the original plot got lost. So they just loaded a bunch of scripts into a shotgun and then fired it out and glued it back together. But then originally that, and then eventually that got lost. And so they would just sit around being like, oh, this person shows up and they're a pirate now. Like, I feel like that's what this was. Whatever Man, that's probably
1: the best description of Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and 3 I've ever heard.
0: Oh, it is so worth going and watching. I mean, the video is from like 2003. I mean, it's like right after that movie came out. It is funny. Um, But yeah, like, I, I think there was a plot. I think there was a plan for this, but it's clearly been lost. Or not everyone, like, I, maybe they had a meeting and everyone was like, oh, I know what it's about. And then they went off and they haven't gotten back together to talk again. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And because of Nick Kimes' position, he's like, okay, I got, I got to loop all of these books together. I got to bring them all together. <laughs> like, how do I do this? You don't, know, friend. And I, I'm gonna be real honest and say I'm really dreading reading five more of these. Yeah. The mar- the Martyr's Tomb. Sure. <laughs>
1: But I I wasn't looking forward to the second book because I didn't enjoy Avenging Sun, but then Gate of Bones was like, okay, I'm on board. This is cool. And then yeah. Wolf Time came, and I actually liked Wolf Time, mainly to antagonize Jen, but I liked Wolf Time. Then Throne of Light came. I was like, what are we doing?
0: What are, you, what are we doing?
1: <laughs> and then now Iron Kingdom. <sighs> what are we doing?
0: And... Like they talk about when I was like, I had to go and pull this back up because I was like, I think they actually said this. So I had to go back and look up at the, the murder's tomb it says, uh, as the kingdom of iron is secured. I guess. Okay. I guess. So is it going to. Are you mentioning that? Is like we're checking down a list here of things he needs to do or.
1: <laughs> it's Goleman's to do list. Iron uh... kingdom, check. <laughs> Or are you Space just Space wolves? To... Check.
0: Or do you guys realize that the, the, the like that we've lost the plot, and now you have to remind us? No, no, no. They are all connected. We promise.
1: Is this Nick Kimes' way of like re-steering the ship?
0: Right? Maybe. Um. I don't know. I I, I absolutely don't know. And um. I'm not enjoying this series at all. All right, let me ask you, this is our final question, and then, because we've gone long tonight, but if you could do one thing to fix the Dawn of Fire series, what would you do?
1: You know, and um, I saw these questions way before we started, and I didn't have an answer then, and I don't have an answer now, because my answer is... To go back in time and not do it at all, um, but obviously I can't do that. I could fix it. <sighs> well, how would you fix it? Maybe I'll. Maybe it'll stir some thoughts.
0: Repetitive and focus on that. Make this kind of like the Horus Heresy is tangentially related, but it's all working towards one key story. I don't even know what the key story is that they're working towards in this. I don't know what's going on. I don't know that there is one key unifying story other than the Indominus crusade,
1: but that's that's a pretty big. That's the problem, right? Because I would say that too, if I thought there even was a key story, but I don't even know what it is.
0: We would go back to gate of bones. The most pressing story that we were presented was this idea of them trying to get this ring to make a super weapon, right? With Tenebris and Yang. Focus on that. The main antagonist of this series is Tenebrous, Yang, and to a lesser extent, Corfairn, who's really pulling Tenebrous's strings, right? Like, okay, let's focus on that. Let's focus on them trying to get this ring. Let's focus on the super weapon. Let's focus on... how... How
1: does that have anything to do with the original point of the Indominus Crusade, which was to try to find a way to solve the rift? Is that just gone? Because that was the original point of the Indominus Crusade. They even talked about it in Avenging Sun. And now it's like, I don't even know what they're doing because now this whole idea of, you know, KP coming up with this, you know, super weapon thing. Okay. How does this fit in? What, how is this involved in the Indominus Crusade?
0: Well, uh, then, you know what? And then maybe, maybe is that the focus of this? Is how Bob collects all these vital resources i guess i don't know I, I i'm with you i don't i don't know but i like if i could and it would it would involve maybe a little bit of back and forth or back in time or maybe not no, we're not gonna go back in time from this point forward this series needs to explain to me who what when where why how, and more importantly why should we care like make Tenebris your main villain. Now we've got Herrick, and, and like, like I understand there's a lot of moving pieces, and well, there's I a mean, lot of Tenebris is like,
1: really that. working for KP. So I mean,
0: I love that you won't even say his name, by the way,
1: because I hate him. Sorry, it's, it's totally fair.
0: Um, that would be how I would fix it, though. Is pick one narrative and tell me that. And with all of these books. Focus, focus, focus. If you want to jump around between like Orla and then Serenial and then Kesh, and that that's fine, that's fine. Do that, like bounce around all these different characters. I understand that. Tell the story from multiple point of views, but it needs to be very clearly linked what and is not the feel story? like whoa, where did this come from? It it's not good when like the whole Morrigan plot. The whole time I kept wondering, but what does this have to do with the price of tea in China? What does anything with this have to do and same with herrick too and even i'll be honest and say that by the time i got to the end of the book what did this have to do with the book like what does this have to do with the story which
1: is exactly why i would have liked the book 100 percent if it didn't have that epilogue
0: that's that's well yeah i mean i guess it would have made herrick's story arguably more pointless but maybe better for the better for it then we could have just been sitting here going, well, that was kind of weird, but whatever.
1: Well, I mean, like, on the one hand, it explained why he suddenly just disappeared off the ship. Because as soon as they said Shards of Arbus, I was like, ah, oh, okay, yes. Yeah, that well, would, as soon as he
0: cut through reality, I was like, oh, good, this
1: again. That would just warp them and, you know, totally random that it warps them to the Admiral's ship where he's just like, ha, skulls. Why, though? Like, why? Why there? Why not his own ship? It's just, it was just weird. It was I don't know. I mean, yes, I get the Admiral was kind of a jerk, but he was doing his job. Yeah, maybe. can
0: you push back on that and say, was he though? Because like you have to be kind of a dick to get to that level in the real world. Like, <laughs> they say that well, everybody who makes to like see okay, CEO ship are sociopaths.
1: He may not have been like that Carrying, but he's an admiral of this huge fleet. No, he's uh-huh. not just an admiral, he's the Lord Admiral of this huge fleet. Yeah. He's got lots of people depending on him. He's got lots of things to do. And he's on Gulliman's timeline. Which as like Messinius came in and was just like, ha ha, why don't you have this yet? Yeah, there are problems. Yeah, well, you solve it or we will. So I I could tell they were trying to make it that we were supposed to hate him, but I didn't because mm-hmm. I was like he's doing what any admiral would do. He is.
0: And again, I know I said it, but again like when you look at they they say this is not untrue, like people who make it to be CEOs and GMs and strong leadership for positions they have several traits of sociopaths so several sociopathic traits right it's not I, i'm not even saying it to be like like facetious or anything like that's an actual thing you have to be a little cold-blooded to get up to that level and that's in the real world so doubly so like in the warhammer 40k universe so this guy yeah he's gonna be a bit of a dick and once you get to that level you do not have the benefit of thinking on a myopic, small right. micro scale. You think on the macro scale. And yes, the person to whom you were reporting directly is a primarch,
1: The Lord Regent of the entire Imperium. So
0: So yeah, I think I was supposed to be really like satisfied when Herrick kills him. I, I, I really felt nothing. It was just kind of like, oh, hmm, all right. Like he wasn't, I was like, oh, such a good character. Oh my God. He was such a good leader. But I was just like, this is just a guy. He was a
1: guy. He was a good leader, but it just, it felt like it was just random. Yes. I would agree. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: All right. Now he's, uh, he's dead now, I guess. And sure. Right. Yeah. Just like. I feel like, so when I closed this book, despite my saying, like, I hated this book, which I did, but I got to the end, and my first reaction was, I guess. <laughs> that was basically my reaction to the end of this book. <laughs> sure. Why not? I just work here. Just say, Right. I, uh, yeah, this was a hard one. And the Dawn of Fire series, like, I know we still have five more books, but I'm like, I is my general reaction to the being more books.
1: Right. Well, probably need to wrap this up I'm going on way too long. Our next book. Yeah. here's my copy. Here's my copy. Yep. And growing the red angel by David Geimer. I haven't seen anything by him for a while. So the only reason why I'm agreeing to reading this book, because everyone knows I just love Angron and the World Eaters is because of David Geimer. Sure. Yep. Jen just likes her rage monsters. So I love
0: my big stupid rage monsters. They.
1: <sighs> I'm telling you, his pincer chin just it bothers me. Like I'm gonna see this when I close my eyes tonight. Bothers me.
0: It's the it's actually the the jawbone spikes and then these random spikes and then yeah the pinter spikes like it, they should be useful. He looks
1: fun. Got parties,
0: he it's fine until the cake runs out.
1: <laughs> and the thing is, I could totally see that being a thing.
0: Do you want to take us out, Karen? Uh,
1: hey, yes, please. It's, it's so late. <laughs> you've you've listened to the warhammer 40k book club episode regarding the iron kingdom by nick Kime, be sure to join us next time for angron the red angel by david geimer we are an unofficial book club and not affiliated with the black library or any of its affiliates you can find both the vidcast and podcast on our website wh40kbookclub.com if you like the episode please like subscribe give a review and all those good things to the vidcast on youtube or the podcast anywhere you get podcasts our site also has articles about adventures and reading other warhammer 40k books and short stories outside of the book club books so please style stay a while and read from a crack i i'm tired i got nothing
0: (laughs) me too i'm going straight to bed good night everyone (laughs) good night